0: Why does the church exist? That's the question we're discussing today on The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. My name is Brian DeBosick, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. The church, why does it exist, Aaron? That is what we're going to talk about today.
1: That's right, but not just why it exists, but what we're here really specifically, what what is the church here to do? Yeah. What is our what is our reason for existing? So, yes, why, but let's let's but we're going to get into specifics on that. And we're going to do that by talking about the mission of the church. So, uh I'm going to do what I always do, um which is I'm going to explain this this doctrine, this uh, this essential truth of the Christian faith uh, by reading reading our description of it from the 99 essential doctrines um, that we put together in the Gospel Project, and then uh, we will talk about all kinds of fun stuff with it from there. So, so there we go, Brian. We're we're ready to go. Now, the mission of the church is best understood in this way: that the church is a sign and instrument of the kingdom of God, a people united by faith in the gospel announcement of the crucified and risen King Jesus. The mission of the church, therefore, is to go into the world in the power of the Spirit and make disciples by proclaiming the gospel, calling people to respond in ongoing repentance and faith, and demonstrating the truth and power of the gospel by living under the lordship of Christ for the glory of God and the good of the world. So... Real simple nuts and bolts kind of um, uh, summary of this is that the church, so the people of God exist to make disciples of Jesus through our words and our works.
0: There you go. And I think that's so important. And, you know, uh, some people listening might think, all right, this is, this is pretty elementary. Um, Not everybody will see that. And, and also, not everybody's living it. Um, you know, there are so many people in the church. There's so many churches that um, either intentionally or unintentionally are not really living this out, uh, not modeling this, not planning for this, not praying for this. And so, I think it's easy, especially where we are, Aaron, in kind of the Bible Belt in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buckle of that Bible belt, some might say. It's easy for cultural Christianity to kind of seep into the church or jump into the church. And a lot of churches, instead of living out this mission, are content to be more of a a social gathering at times, um, a a way to have influence in a community. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are many different reasons why people can be part of a church apart from this true mission of the church. So this is really an important discussion we're going to have about this. Yeah. So, you, as always, are a designated reader. You do such a fine job reading better well, than thank me. You. So, good job on that. Um, let's, where do we see this in Scripture? Where are a few places? And I'll actually throw the first one out because it's a curveball. Mm. When we think of mission of the church, we would think of New Testament passages, understanding, because that's the, you know, church began in the New Testament it's era. It's kind of
1: on the nose, yeah.
0: It is on the nose. But I would, I would contend we can look back to Genesis 12, 1 through 3, to see a hint, not a direct reference to the mission of the church, but a hint of the mission of the church. And this is what we read in that passage, the covenant that God makes with Abraham. He says, The Lord said to Abraham, go from your land, your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. I think that last part is informative toward our mission because we see here God's heart for sending Jesus. He provided Jesus, what is on the radar here, so that everybody would have a chance to trust in Him and be saved, um, and be His people and receive that that blessing that most important, greatest blessing of all, salvation, knowing God. So his heart has been for his people, starting with Abraham, the nation of Israel, and then the church later, to be on mission of making him known to the nations and bringing blessing to the world. So I think this is a really helpful reminder that God's heart has always been, it precedes the church, Um, it has always been for us as his people to go forth and share his glory, his greatness so that others might come to be blessed by knowing him too. And so again, not a direct reference to the church, but an indirect one that I think is helpful.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I'm really tempted to to one up you on that by going back a little bit farther. So, I think I'm going to real quick, which is I mean, you can make a strong you can make a strong case that there is a connection um, in terms of like there's a connection to the great the great Commission with the uh, which with what many people these days call the the cultural mandate yeah. um, that is in Genesis 128. So be fruit be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And so um, there's a parallel there that just as as in the fir- the first Adam, um, was called to fill the earth with um, with human beings and to master the earth and 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 all of this that the second Adam called forth his people to to bring about a new people <laughs> so um, but I mean you know you, you don't want to go you keep that open-handed
0: well it, 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 it does remind us of God's uh, intention purpose and creation
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know why do we exist? period and it does dovetail at least to some degree with the mission of the church yeah, a
1: little bit a little bit yeah so another piece um another one before we jump into the new testament though of course is and i'm just going to reference this as opposed to um as opposed to read the whole thing because it's really long um <laughs> is uh is solomon's prayer of dedication in the temple oh, yeah. and uh, and so you see that in First Kings eight twenty-two through sixty-one, and in that he is he he is reminding the people as he prays that the purpose and intent of the temple was not just for the the Israelites alone; that it was not just for them to to commune with God, but that it was for all nations to come and see and be a part of this as well, and for everyone to come and worship Him. So uh, so those are a couple of our Old Testament ones. Um, when we get into the New Testament, of course, we have Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which says Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then we see a similar passage in uh, Acts one eight, which uh, which says, "But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit uh, when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." So those are kind of the the, the core linchpin passages. And then we see basically. The rest of Acts On really is that mission lived out. Yeah. And in practice.
0: All right. So it's again some couple of passages on the nose. I think that Matthew 28, and Acts 1, of course, are usually where we go to first, understandably, and, and probably rightly so, but there are some other passages, and, and again, as you describe, Acts itself kind of gives us a picture of what this mission looks like. So let's talk about any cautions or any areas where we need understanding of this doctrine. I'll go first with this one as well. And I I think one of the biggest things is we need to understand what a disciple really is. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and technically, uh, it has been said that a disciple is a learner. It's somebody who learns, or sometimes we say a follower, somebody who follows Jesus. And that is absolutely correct. But I think it's more than that. And we have to keep this in mind. Um, Because if if we just think of making disciples as followers or learners, that makes that person the end of it. So if, if if I'm looking at you, Aaron, and Sarah, my goal is to help make you a follower of Jesus, then I make you trust in Jesus and start following him, then I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. I made a disciple, and I can move on. That's where we go wrong. Because notice that we are to make disciples who obey Christ. That's what he says in the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Including what? Including the Great Commission itself. So if I'm making a disciple out of you, Aaron, which would be a really hard job, and well, I... You. You're welcome. And I'm teaching you to do everything that Christ has commanded, including the Great Commission. Then I need to help you do what? I need to help you make disciples mm-hmm. in obedience to that command. So, really, what's at stake here is we are to make disciple making disciples. That is a really important clarification, I think, that we need to keep in mind always that we're after multiplication. It's essential, it's not optional. If I am discipling you and you are not multiplying your faith, you're not pouring into others, you're not making disciples, then I'm not doing my job with you. Mm -hmm. And so I would say in many ways we can measure our success, to use that crass term, we can measure our success in following Christ's mission or fulfilling Christ's mission, not by our spiritual children, but our spiritual grandchildren and great-grandchildren, I should be able to look at the people I'm discipling and see who they're discipling, and that's how I know, okay, I'm doing a decent job. God is using me to disciple that first generation. That, I think, is such an important lens by which we understand our mission. Um, As parents, as a dad, this is what I'm, you know, my wife and I've talked about this. We need to pour into our three kids. They're young, of course, but one day, we pray that they are discipling their kids, and if if and when we see that, that will affirm we didn't do a bad job in our discipleship of them. It's it's measuring this over the long run and more fully, so that I think we have to understand when it comes to what a disciple is. Our mission to make disciples.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, related to related to that, before I get into um, before I get into the next one. Uh, one of the things that we also have to remember when we are thinking about what a disciple is is we do have to remember that um, a disi- that discipleship though though essential and multiplication though essential, it does not depend on us fully. We um, yeah. remember how the, remember how the passages all talk about the spirit of, of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit being with us and jesus being with us until the end of the age um those are things that we can we can so easily fall into the trap of you know you use the the ugly word of success um when we start and we see this most particularly with evangelism and we're going to talk about that real real soon and so i'm super looking forward to that one but um um, but we do, we do see this, even as we're making disciples, we assume that it's like, oh, I didn't do a good enough job. And it's like, well, <clears throat> you actually might have, it's, it just might be that it's, that it's, that um, you that our kid, like in our, our physical children may actually just be hard hearted. It is possible yeah. <laughs> um, that that happens. Um, and, or it may be that it's just, it's going to take time with them and they have to find their own way to faith. We have friends who are like that. Uh, You and I both do. And former coworkers who are kind of like that as well. (laughs) And, uh, and they work at churches now. So it's great. (laughs) But, um, but, but those are, those are things that, that, um, you know, as you, as we're all thinking about what it means to make disciples that we have, that we can't, fall into this trap of assuming that it's all on us. Yeah. So another piece here that we have to have to remember as well is that there are many aspects to this mission. All of them are important, but not all of them are primary. So for example, so um, the best way to think about this is, is that um, there are both taught and caught aspects of discipleship. And so we can, and so formal instruction matters a lot, but lived out instruction and witnessed, in, uh, basically witnessing other people doing, doing these things and living out what it means to be a disciple is equally as important. So things like worship, um, regular Bible reading, um, you know, these kinds of things. Uh, sometimes our churches can, can make one of those things primary over another. Um, you know there is there is realistically a tendency to make worship, but specifically music, primary yeah. over anything else, and so it's, so experientialism can creep in if we're not being careful um, and thoughtful, um, and we don't want that. We do want people to have positive experiences in church, of course, but um, uh, and emotions matter. All all caveats are in. Did I get them all in? <laughs> I think so. That's sure. The blanket. Um, but we do have to have to recognize um, that um, we cannot make we, we need to be very careful about making making certain things primary over over others. You can make a strong case, I think, that either that uh, irregular intake of the scriptures is actually the most important in terms of formal training and experience because, um, you know, Lifeway has actually done a lot of research on this and it consistently bears out that regular intake of the Bible is the number one indicator of spiritual growth.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as we, as we talk about this, you know, somebody might say, well, wait a minute, isn't everything about worship? Isn't worship kind of ultimate, that everything we do is an act of worship? And I, and I don't disagree with that, of course. But mm-hmm. when we talk about the mission of the church, I would argue that discipleship would be primary and worship is is underneath that, a very close underneath, you know, and, and it, but it, worship yeah. helps bring about discipleship. It, it, it helps us yield to to Christ and live out on mission and so forth. Uh, Lewis actually talked about this at a Lifeway Chapel a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he he said what I have noticed before, and it's like, you can go to a, a church gathering, and one week the pastor's preaching on worship and concludes, all right, this is the most important thing. We need to be a people of worship, and and this is it. And then you leave saying, yeah, I need to—worship is, is what it's all about. Then the next week you go back, he's, all right, let's talk about prayer. Prayer is the most important thing. Without prayer, you know, we can't do anything. We need to be—and you leave saying, yeah, I need to be— a Per- the next week are right, you need to study the bible and and so dehati just kind of mentioned several things and his frustration in the past of, of at times leaving church feeling discouraged mm-hmm. because everything can't be the most important and so his conclusion was no it's all about discipleship all these fit together under discipleship so dehati would 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 say yeah it's it's all discipleship that's what we're about Worship, Bible intake, prayer, all these things are so important. We don't diminish them at all. But if you had to say, what is it all about? What are we here to do? Disciple making would would be it. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And even in saying all of these things, understand we are not making hard, we're not making hard and fast distinctions between discipleship and worship because, uh, again, they're part, they they go together. And so... So it's really tricky to parse those things out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that kind of, go ahead. I was going to say,
0: it just kind of takes me to a, a related point and it's, it's that we can't forget the focus of our mission and not what we were just talking about, but a little bit different nuance. Um, why are we making disciples? We are making disciples so that they might enter God's kingdom. As you said, Aaron, through the spirit's work and so forth. Uh, but we are not about bringing people into our own personal kingdoms. And what I mean by that is sometimes we can make the mistake of thinking, you know, the goal is to get people into our local church. And we should love our local churches. We should, you know, we should invite people. Don't mishear me. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with you discipling somebody and they end up going to a different church celebrate that. The goal is not getting them to your church necessarily. It's to get them into the kingdom. And then they want to be connected with a church where God leads them. So if we start thinking of our churches, it's about us growing our church itself. And again, that's good. We should be seeing our churches grow. We should want them to grow. But if that is our our ultimate goal, we're kind of losing mission focus. Yes. Um, Sometimes it is to create disciples who mimic our Discipleship, our beliefs, our doctrinal preferences, and so forth. We're starting to stray from the mission even more here. Um, because while we could argue, yeah, you want somebody to mimic your uh, core doctrinal beliefs in the gospel, your secondary and tertiary and beyond, it is okay if you are discipling somebody and they choose. Different secondary or tertiary doctrines to hold to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we are not making clones of ourselves. We're about making followers of Jesus, people who mimic Jesus and so forth. And there are many areas where we just there's there's got to be room for disagreements and and different opinions on how we es- express our faith on earth. And so we need to allow for that. So again, when I say we can't forget our focus on our mission, it, we just have to be kingdom. God's kingdom focused. Yes. Nothing else.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And it's so easy to get off track on that. Um, and you know, one of those ways that we um, that we do get off track is, is when we forget that we are, in fact, the benefit benefactors of other people's discipleship efforts and the obedience of past disciples to this mission so think about acts acts 1, 8, 1 8, and probably just about every sermon you've ever heard or every book you've ever ever read on it um that is talking about you know that is talking about it in in terms of an application um which so we take it and we say okay, we have you know go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and so we say okay, well, what is our Jerusalem? And so you and I, Brian, we will live in the Nashville area, so we would say Nashville. Um, we our Judea would be Tennessee. Um, our Samaria would be kentucky or alabama or north carolina um you know um maybe mississippi in there too (laughs) but uh am i getting am i getting my geography right as the canadian yeah you're you're doing okay there we go i'm impressed there we go thank you um you know and you know of course what's our ends of the earth africa asia europe canada um you know um detroit (laughs) (laughs) etc So, um Now
0: why did you go do it? Now somebody listening from Detroit is going to be upset, rightly so. At your mom. That's come on. true.
1: That's true. Um it's just because it, it it's so close to Windsor and uh and I and I can't not <laughs> deal with it. All right. so Aaron
0: is sorry for that disparaging comment toward Detroit.
1: <laughs> Would you have preferred I said like California?
0: No. Come on. <laughs> don't go. Why are you going to
1: Ah, I'll edit that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, if you're thinking about this from an application standpoint, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's not, it's not the worst thing you could do. But, no. but it does miss the, the, the true meaning of the passage. I mean, remember, Jerusalem is Jerusalem and Judea is Judea. And Samaria is Samaria. So there Those wasn't all... a secret code there. <laughs> no, there's not. This is not a code. Um, they all were real places. They were all places that these people went to. And the ends of the earth is where we live. And so this really, really matters because it helps us. It helps us read Acts with humility. Because when we understand how Acts is structured, we see these things play out. We see the gospel go from Jerusalem out into Judea, out into Samaria, and out into the rest of the world at that time. And we see, as we look at Paul's ministry in particular, this, this burning desire within him to go to places where the gospel has not yet been proclaimed um, and, and to be to basically be the guy to tell them about Jesus and not because yeah. he wanted to to have the humble brag, but just because he loved the gospel so much. And so when we when we read it, recognizing that the ends of the earth is, you know, is Tennessee uh, from from the Bible's perspective um, or, you know, California or Canada or wherever in the world that isn't the the, the ancient Near East. Um, and you know, the Roman empire, <laughs> um, we recognize that it helps us recognize the truth that the Bible is not about us,
0: Yeah.
1: that we are not the originators of Christianity. Christianity is not, um,
0: a Western it's, religion. It's
1: not a Western religion. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not a It's not something that started in Europe. Um, we, and therefore we are not the saviors of the world. And that's really good news for us.
0: Yeah, and that's so important. I think especially we in the Western Church, America specifically, we can speak from because we're here. That that can be a, a, a common posture that people think, Oh, it's up to us. That God should be grateful that he has the, the American church, because look, look at what we do. We go around the world on these week long mission trips and and look at the good work we do and, and you know, what would the world do if it weren't for us? And we ought to be on mission, of course, don't miss here. But when we have that posture of, look how special we are. We are the, you know, we are the elite of the church. We have fallen into the sin of pride. Uh, we need to have humility and recognize there are brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are making kingdom impacts that would shame us uh, because God is just using them. They are being obedient, and we should applaud that, encourage that, and in humility recognize that. Uh, recognize that, yeah, there is a cause for other nations to send missionaries to America, for example.
1: And it's happening. Mm -hmm. That's wild.
0: Yeah. So that I think it's really important. That's why I kind of cringe. I'm glad you brought this up. I kind of cringe when I hear people teach the the Acts 1a passage like you did. All right, what's our Jerusalem? It's where we are. And then we make the ends of the world often where it began. We would say, oh yeah, Um, Turkey, that's the ends of the earth. No, that, that was the beginning part there, or close to the beginning part. We are the ends of the earth. So it's so humility. Yeah. All right, so let's let's talk about what difference this doctrine should make. Um, I would say that this one, of course, again, I'm going to be on the nose here. This gives mm-hmm. us our purpose for living. Um, and the encouraging thing is this is not just a Sunday and Wednesday calling. And by that, uh, for the um, the older school rhythm of church used to be Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. Some people probably still do that. That's great. A lot of people don't, but that's kind of what I mean. It's not just reserved. This is not just what we do on those um, days of the week where we do church or whatever. This is a 24 hours a day, seven days a week calling that God has called on us to invest our time, our energy, our resources fully into living on mission. So everything we do should be connected with this. And this does not mean that we can't Have recreation and times of enjoyment. Those are good gifts by God, but we still need to let God redeem them and use them for His glory. So, how can we use that refreshment? How can we use, um, you know, times of of hobbies and, and so forth? And you just, where we live, where we shop, everything you can use on mission. One example I've given people is. You know, when you go grocery shopping, if you go to the same place, which is often what we do, we'll go to the same grocery store, we'll find what works for us. Well, a lot of times when you're shopping, you recognize cashiers, because we also will go at the same time a lot of times, and you may recognize certain cashiers. Well, maybe there's a place, instead of finding the shortest line, maybe it would be wise to always choose a cashier and go through his or her line and continue developing a relationship. And even though it's just a couple of minutes, there's just a little bit more opportunity for you to live on mission and prayerfully have an opportunity to to show the love of Christ and maybe even tell the love of Christ to that person. It's little things like that, that we can use living on mission, but we have to see it. We live on mission all the time, not just what we do on Sundays, Wednesdays, and we go on mission trips.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, that is a good, yeah, that is a good, a good way to think about it, that there, that. If we see the, the little opportunities, in, in quotation marks, little, um, you never know what God is going to do with those things. And, you know, and for us, really, we don't need to, we don't need to worry too much about what he's going to do with them. We just have to be faithful in what he, what we feel he is compelling us to do. And so that really leads into into the the last difference that that we would point out today which is um that this that this truth this mission um is cause for all genuine believers to work together because following Jesus is not an individualistic activity it is like the whole idea of you know, lone wolf, lone wolfing it, just me and Jesus kind of faith is anathema to scripture. It is, it is, it is not understood in the Bible at all. What's understood in the scriptures is faith as a community. Um, you know, a way that my, a way that my church puts it is, is that, um, you know, without, without it being, you know, weird and creepy is a, um, you know, is that we are a gospel family on mission together. And so that's how we, that's how we approach it and how we try to think about it. And that it's like, we're all, we're all in this mission together. And so it's not just a matter of me doing my thing and you doing your thing. It's all of us. How are we all doing this in unity? Um, Even understanding that there's not uniformity because, um, we all have different gifts. We all have different strengths. We um, and we need all of those things to strengthen, encourage, equip the whole church. But what it ultimately does is it calls for us to fight for unity within the church, both in our local contexts and um, and in our national and global context as well that we need to pursue unity that we need to recognize yes recognize our differences because we do have we we definitely have some um, that are based on often based on on um uh biblical conviction and those are good ones to those are good ones to embrace and recognize but if they're based on anything else like uh cultural norms Or um, political preferences, or um, or things like things of those natures, uh, we can we can we can and should get past those pretty quickly, or we should at least pursue it, because the mission is what matters, not what we what we care about.
0: That's a good word to end on, Aaron. Let's let's call it an episode right there. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.